everyone, and welcome to this episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast, episode number 67 with Dr. Daniel Freed, uh, somebody who I bumped into and was uh, lucky enough to chat with, network at a recent uh, New York EdTech event uh, that I went to. He's doing really interesting work uh, as, you know, with his day job working in higher ed, but also uh, what he's doing in the side with his uh, biochemistry literacy for kids project. Uh, so it's a really interesting endeavor working with school districts and uh, homeschooled uh, children to really um, kind of believe in their capacity and set high expectations for their understanding and learning and kind of putting science into relevance of the real world. So uh, really, really interesting stuff. Really glad I got the chance to talk more to Dan and uh, learn more about his story and uh, the work that he's doing and his philosophy. So uh, check out the work that he's doing and all the other stuff that we talk about down in the show notes. And again, thanks so much for listening. Without further ado, this is episode number 67 with Dr. Daniel Freed. Uh, start as we always do. If you want to give a brief introduction of yourself and uh, your professional journey of how you got to be where you are today. Sure. So um, I'm uh, Dr. Dan Freed. I'm a um, chemistry professor at St. Peter's University in Jersey City. And uh, I had a very long trip through higher ed. Um, I started off in uh, 2000 at Temple University as a music education major. Mm. So I wasn't always a science uh, person. But um, after uh, some you know, really interesting uh, experiences that I had at Temple uh, in kind of looking into cognitive science and uh, music learning and thinking about the brain, I kind of wanted to uh, change directions. And I ended up becoming a, a biochemistry major. I transferred to Binghamton after my experience at Temple and uh, finished up uh, my undergrad at, at um, in, in Binghamton as a biochem major. Uh, then I was lucky enough to go to Yale for my PhD. So um, worked in a protein folding lab, an amazing experience there as well, uh, being around so many different uh, amazing minds, scientific minds in, in, in Yale. And uh, seven short years later, I ended up doing my uh, postdoc at the Weissman Institute of Science. I left the country for that. And um, when I uh, returned uh, three years later, I uh, became a, a assistant professor of chemistry at uh, Kane University in New Jersey. And now I'm at St. Peter's University um, doing uh, chemistry courses and doing some research, research in uh, chemistry learning as well. So that's where I uh, currently am. Yeah. And I know you, um, I guess this might be an interesting segue because I think like Learn like taking education classes and learning like, seems to have been just like a through line for a lot of things that you've done, which like, it, it, you know, it's kind of, I don't know, just interesting. I think where there's usually a common denominator for people that there's like some core to them, which I think for me also like working in education spaces, obviously a lot of people that go to school and then they're done. They go out and into the working world and uh, doing whatever they may do, but always wanting to, you know, I think for, I think we share this, like having that sort of core and that sort of pull to work with people and understand how they learn best and support that and, you know, passing on knowledge and all those sort of things. So um, I guess if you want to talk a little bit more about that, and just like how all that's going to come together now with the uh, the current work that you're doing and um, just talking through that a little bit. Yeah. So it's interesting. So I've been uh, kind of reflecting back on my journey a lot lately. 
uh, as we're making some more progress with my uh, biochemistry uh, for kids program. Um, but something actually that goes all the way back to those first uh, college days at Temple uh, seems to have been a really formative thing for me. So I thought it'd be cool to talk about that. Mm-hmm. Um, while I was a music ed mage, and this goes to what you were saying about you know, think about how people think and how do people learn. So um, one of the opportunities I had at Temple was to work in an early childhood music center in uh, central Philadelphia. And uh, in this center, we're actually using a kind of really cool theory of music learning called the Gordon Method. And we were working with very young uh, learners, uh, toddlers, babies even, uh, doing special you know, exercises with them, uh, singing certain songs to them, kind of giving them a very enriched musical um, vocabulary. Mm. And that experience really stuck with me because you would see like little glimmers of the babies and the toddlers starting to understand um, music in a way that you didn't think was possible. And uh, that experience really stuck with me. And it kind of made me think like maybe there's more that's possible from people than we really, um, you know, previously imagined. And that's um, that kind of is really formed the foundation of what I'm doing now, bringing very high level biochemistry uh, concepts to elementary school learners. So it's really cool. I kind of like forgot about that for so long, but I didn't realize how much that affected me, uh, those, those, you know, those experiences in, in, in music school. Yeah, absolutely. Um, cause yeah, I think that, yeah, it's connecting to kind of the, uh, college experience and certainly that like time when we're exploring just who we are and sure. what we're about and our values and that kind of, um, being something that, um, yeah, like you said, especially has manifested a lot now. And I guess you can, we'll talk a little bit about what you're doing at, uh, St. Peter's as well, but like with this biochemistry for kids, uh, program that you're doing, and uh, that's originally how we met was kind of talking about that. So yeah. in terms of that specifically, like, in that journey of kind of nurturing this project, like what has that meant to you or what have you enjoyed about it? Cause it seems like obviously it's very related to the skills and the knowledge that you've gained over time, but also is like independently your own thing and trying to like make connections and, you know, broaden the impact of that. So I guess yeah. what's, what's been kind of like resonating and enjoyable for that kind of side project. And then we'll uh, speak a little bit more to the other kind of your full-time, you know, day job sort of thing too. But, sure. 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 Yeah. I mean, that's part of what you said was, was, was great. It's, you know, you don't really know what the future impact will be of some of these experiences that you create for yourself. So, you know, some of something you do 10 years ago may end up being the most important thing 10 years later. So that's mm-hmm. kind of what happens a lot um, that I've you know started to realize that. So I always try to never say no to something because you never know where that will take you later. Um, so, yeah, so your question was about the, you know, how I uh, kind of developed this, uh, this biochemistry literacy for kids uh, program. Um, this started at Yale. So at, um, during my PhD, I was working in a protein folding lab. We were studying fluorescent sensors of protein folding. So that means that we had certain small molecules that were actually a, a dye molecule that would glow if you shine light on it. Mm-hmm. Those molecules were glowing when we would stick them to... Uh, a folded protein, a healthy protein, and they wouldn't glow when we tried to react them with an an unhealthy protein. And uh, that was one of the main parts of my research. And I thought this was just the most amazing thing to be able to explore the nano world to this level. Like, I just never thought that people could know this stuff. So what I wanted to do was like share this with people because I didn't see like, why should I have waited until my mid 20s to begin learning like the little pieces of what you know, a human being was made out of. I thought that, you know, everyone should know that much earlier. 
So that's where I started working on these classes. Um, I was able to use a room at Yale's Peabody Museum, which is a really famous um, archaeology museum, and uh, basically kind of convene the classes myself and kind of began testing, like asking, like, could kids really be interested in these cool biochemistry topics that I was studying as a grad student? Mm -hmm. And it turned out that they just were eating it up, like, like they couldn't get enough of it. And um, we ended up doing a little bit of piloting in the New Haven public schools as well um, through a really good friend of mine and um, took a little pause when I was at my postdoc. But that was kind of the foundation um, of, of the project. As a professor, I was a little bit it was a little bit easier for me to get schools to let me kind of run pilot programs. And uh, really, it was just about sharing what I thought was really wonderful knowledge that I feel like should have been part of school, you know, much earlier, like stuff that I wish that I learned in school um, and kind of trying to deliver it in a really kid friendly, like engaging way and, um, you know, giving people what they what I think that they want to know about the world and that they didn't always get in the standard, you know, model of the curriculum. Um, so that's, that was kind of the found the, why I do it, the motivation for, for why I'm doing it. There's also, you know, I think it, um, really can help with self-esteem and it empowers students to learn this way. And, um, I also think that it will improve test scores and achievement as well. Sure. sure. So it's a, I just really love working on the project. It's what I live for really, um, every day. <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess like just to linger on that for a little bit longer too, like, cause I guess, to confirm my understanding, like for right now, like it seems like it fits in well with like it being kind of like a quote unquote, like just sort of like science camp kind of thing. Like people kind of opt in if they're like really interested and want to learn more. So I'm sure it's also like people who are very curious, they can, yeah, like have this really formative educational experience about something that they're really interested in and achieves all those other things that you're mentioning. If it's like, oh, I'm not really being challenged or I, I you know, want to nurture this uh, sort of interest as I go through school or something, it seems like, uh, yeah, I can fit in really well just having that um, that sort of like specialized opportunity that like parents can opt their kids into or kids are like, oh, I see that, you know, I want to do that, you know. Um, but I guess is, is that sort of how you see it fitting in? And I get, cause I, yeah. yeah. So it's, it's definitely can be that also, um, you know, we've getting interest from homeschool parents, like, you know, homeschool parents, just, this is what they are, have been looking for, you know, when people find out about it. So they love it. Um, especially for some of these very high achieving kids, you know, they, you can't give them enough, um, material for them to learn. They just want to learn more and more. So this is a very rich curriculum. So it's, it's great for them, but most of the development has been done in, you know, regular public schools with, you know, with, with, uh, you know, kids, the, the kind of kids that you, you grew up with, right. um, they, they love it. It's been deployed in a couple public schools already, um, kind of during the school year, which I'm, I'm really so happy about. Uh, last year we had, you know, uh, year long programs, uh, they, basically created some elective class where the kids could really study this all year. And um, we're really happy that those um, kind of beta testing experiences went really well. So I, I do think that it could be part of a normal school curriculum. Um, and it's, it, it really enhances it and it can, it can help people understand what's already in the standards, like what, what's already, what they already have to learn. It kind of gives them a more solid foundation and it allows teachers to kind of get more um, in-depth questions going and it kind of gets the kids a lot more motivated also. Gotcha. So I think it's, I think it's an enrichment thing, but I think it's also something that everyone should know and uh, just trying to convince more people that biochemistry could be, um, done at these, uh, earlier levels. Yeah. 
Gotcha. Yeah. Well, yeah. And then it even makes more sense too that there's not like if it's just an elective in a public school, it's not like you have to kind of go out of your way to right. have that kind of opportunity. So yeah, that makes a lot of sense. And yeah. I guess, so we'll see it. It's, we'll see what happens. Yeah. <laughs> well, I guess as we kind of segue to your other day job too, like, is there anything that you feel like you've learned through like managing this project that you, um, haven't gotten like doing other things. Cause I think that idea of like the side project, it, you know, maybe additional things that you're doing sometimes in addition to other work that you're doing, but what do you feel like it's gain? What, what do you feel like you've gained or learned from it? Um, being this kind of project that you've done through, I guess, yeah, right. institutions and stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, it's, it's also a research project, so it, it is very closely connected to my, you know, my normal professional life. Um, we're able to publish some, uh, peer edited articles on the methodology. So it, it is, it is fitting into my, um, you know, my tenure case and everything. Gotcha. So I'm really, I'm really fortunate that I was able to find something that I was so passionate about and, and did, it started off as really something extra and something that, you know, I don't know if anyone believed in it in the beginning, but, um, it is something that has, you know, been useful for me professionally. So I'm really happy that that's, that that's happening. And I have a couple of uh, really great, um, education and psychology professors who are collaborating to design uh, new studies, and I'm hoping that you know more people are interested. So it's I just was very lucky that it's working out that way because I, I definitely could have gone the other way. Um, there's also a great feedback between working with very young students. So I've I've taught hundreds of students, uh, probably thousands of students with this method. There's a great feedback between working in K-12 and then working in higher ed with uh, with adults, right, with college students. Um, you kind of get this kind of dialectic going where you, you know, you have a core curriculum that you developed for your college courses. And then you have to say, how can we make this kid friendly? Like, what can we do to make it more interesting for kids and kind of um, kind of hook them into it? Then once that's developed for the kids and you've piloted it and tested it with the kids, you bring it back to higher ed and then it's just so much better than it was before and you can reach you know uh, even more students this way you know the, your, your normal college students and then you kind of iterate the process so that's what I've been doing for the last five years um, there are some weeks well I'll I'll teach the same unit to elementary junior high high school and college kids all in the same week and just kind of see how each age group reacts to it um, surprisingly not that different. Surprisingly, I think if, if you're a, a new learner to a subject, you, you see the subject the same way, you, you kind of deal with it the same way, uh, almost independent of age. That's kind of the thing that I've started to notice about it. Um, so it's been just like a fascinating experience just doing this uh, wacky project yeah. <laughs> over the years. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Wow. That's really cool. Yeah. And I guess I'm, I'm glad that it's like integrating into with like, uh, a little bit more of like your, your day job, that kind of thing. Cause yeah. I think that can be what's hard about it is that like, oh, okay, I've got a full, you know, full enough plate with teaching and research. And then I still want to do this other side project. So I think that that's, you know, uh, it's good if it feels a bit more seamless that it, and then literally as you're mentioning, it's like, yeah, I'm teaching the same thing across all these <laughs> age groups and it kind of is like symbiotically perhaps, you know, like benefiting where it's like, oh, well, you know, fairly you know like you're mentioning it like it's going to be fairly the same introducing a new concept to somebody who's coming at it fresh so it's like you know you may tinker but you know i i wonder i guess like if you have any found things that like benefit you for other groups and stuff too but um yeah i mean that's that's really awesome i guess if we'll then kind of point our direction to kind of wrap up this part with like your current work uh you know teaching courses and working within higher ed as a faculty and that you've 
I think done a lot of different things within yeah. the higher ed landscape through like your graduate work and doctorate work and everything. So what engages you about being in this space as sort of like, this is, you know, a bit more of your anchor, I guess, like what has been kind of enjoyable about this experience over, you know, over the whole course of time? Yeah, no, I've, I've worked with such amazing people over the years. Um, in, uh, you know, even back to undergrad, um, I had a, an advisor who, you know, not a lot of people realize that you can go to, um, graduate school as a science major for free, that, that these are funded programs. So, you know, I'm, I'll never be able to repay this person, my, my, my undergrad um, uh, research advisor, for saying, you know, uh, Dan, like you have pretty good grades. Why don't you apply to some of these uh, amazing schools? And, you know, they're free. Like, why don't you just try it? Like, I never would have known that. Mm. So, you know, these people just, they, they direct your life in ways that they, you know, they, that, that are just, you know, astounding. Um, they give you these opportunities. Um, once I was at my, uh, my PhD program, I had an amazing boss also just a completely brilliant person. You know, this is someone who, uh, thinks of more ideas in a week than most people can think of in a year probably. Mm. So just so much creativity there. And that also really sticks with me too, you know, being around, you know, in these, you know, great institutions, being around people that, that have such create creative abilities, um, it really makes you want to do the same. It makes you want to do something great as well. Um, and not, not just my advisor, but you know, everyone you, you see in these places, uh, same thing in my, in my postdoc, uh, institution. So, you know, I think when you're around these people, you want to do something great to, to change the world because, you know, they're doing that also. Um, where I am now is, a and also my first, uh, university, I worked with, uh, you know, wonderful faculty. Um, everyone is so student centered in the, the places where I've been, they've been teaching colleges. So, you know, everyone really wants to help the students. We spend a lot of time with them. Um, we just want them to, you know, succeed. So it's, it's great being around a group of people that have that focus and the people that end up in these, you know, um, small undergraduate, um, teaching institutions, they want the kids to, to do well. So it's just great to be around like-minded people like that. Um, yeah, my, my, my department's great. We have a, a kind of a growing chemistry department, which is great. Um, uh, so it's been really, really a wonderful experience being a faculty, you know, like being a faculty is like the best job for someone who's, uh, I guess a geeky kind of person. <laughs> so all I get to do, I get to sit home research cool stuff that I think is like amazing, make a presentation. And then I have a captive audience that comes to me and I get to talk about that stuff the next day. So like, that's like, how much better could that be? So that's what I, uh, that's what I really love about the, the job is just, um, you know, coming up with things that I think are interesting and, and researching and then trying to convey that, um, and convey my excitement about these topics to to people who come to hear me talk. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and I think uh, yeah, I appreciate the the geeky connection as a good segue. <laughs> but just even then, like that being like, yeah, literally like what the job is. But then like it you mentioned, is what the job is. <laughs> like uh, doing that job in an environment like the people, I think is certainly my experience as well working within higher ed. That like the people are just so great to work with and work around and have that that energy. Like you mentioned, it's I think can be hard to replicate elsewhere and yeah. Um, that yeah if you're coming up with you know your your lecture your presentation for a class it's like you're around people that can you know help come up with great ideas and inspire you and everything so yeah. um 
Yeah, so I don't know that it's just always when I have people, I always am kind of a, attracted them for podcast guests of like that. I feel like they really fit the bill of, you know, <laughs> hired geeks and everything. So if it's, you know, anything that's sort of, you know, helping to inspire you with your job or other stuff that you're just kind of like personally enjoying, you know, what are you geeking out about right now? And, you know, is it like new stuff that you're just discovering or stuff that you've always been into or, um, yeah, just anything that comes to mind of like what's really grabbing your attention? Yeah. Um, so I was trying to think about this question. Uh, so, uh, we have a toddler at the moment. We have a, uh, he's almost two and a half and I'm geeking out about all the things that he is learning about the world and trying to find the things that I like distill the, the most amazing parts of life, uh, that I can kind of convey to him and, and have him, him experience. So what we've been listening to a lot of is classical music. So, you know, mm. it's, everything is so fast these days and people are not spending time, uh, kind of slowing down for these some kind of uh, you know long format um, you know media and things. One of the few sorts of screen times that he's allowed is to watch classical music concerts. So we've gotten really into um, kind of baroque music and things. Um, mm -hmm. This kid loves the oboe. The first thing he says in the morning while he's eating breakfast, he says, "Can I see the oboe?" He wants to watch an <laughs> oboe concerto. <laughs> So we know all the oboe concertos that have ever been written, probably, or at least that are on YouTube. Um, we love uh, Recorder uh, from Telemon. He's into that also. So, you know, that's something I didn't think that I would get from having a kid, but just kind of being able to slow down and uh, kind of experience music again. You know, I was I had this music uh, background, right, but, right. you know, you just didn't really have time to just listen to a, a whole symphony anymore. Like, who who can do that anymore? But because of how we want him to, you know, uh, get into music and, and start start his life and understand music, we just will sit and watch, you know, a whole concerto of something, like all three movements. And um, that's really been been great. Um, also exploring nature, you know, he wants to know what everything is. Uh, I'm sort of a naturalist person, so I, I do know a little bit about nature, but he wants to know, you know, every leaf and bug and flower. So I've had to kind of re, um, re-explore and, and, and discover you know, you know, my, my, my natural surroundings and try to tell them what everything is. So, um, that's been what we've been working on. You know, having a kid takes up any spare time you thought you had, or you didn't even have, uh, you know, he's taking that up now. So it's, tr we're trying to make that, that time, you know, as worthwhile for everybody and especially him. So, um, that's that's part of what I'm geeking out about right now, I would say. Yeah, yeah that's great stuff. Yeah, and I mean, and just the idea of, yeah, like seeing the world through a child's eyes and just like, yeah, allows you to slow down or just have a little bit more of that sense of wonder, I'm sure. But um, yeah, and I feel like that's smart of just like, yeah, it's like, you know, if you kind of want your child to sit down and, you know, kind of not be uh, getting into anything. It's like, usually I think a lot of people, yeah, it's like you're going to put on a cartoon or do whatever, but it's like, really, they just want like some sort of like stimulation. So it's like, <laughs> yeah, put on a YouTube video of like a classical music concert. Yeah, it's, they'll it's, like, watch brilliant. anything. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, they'll watch anything. So you might as well show them something that has some cultural value to it. And, um, you know, he's used to seeing that and he doesn't know some of the other things that exist. So for him, this is, uh, you know, it's amazing for him to see this, this one particular guy play this uh, Mozart oboe concerto. He just loves this guy. So it's it's fine with me to, to watch. I, I can only imagine that. though it'll just be kind of funny. It'll, it'll just make it a little bit harder as like uh, any child like grows older and they start going to school. It's just like then you start having all the like oh, all the other kids are doing things right. or whatever, and it's like well, hopefully maybe he could like turn some other kids on to like you know <laughs> classical uh, concerts yeah. and stuff or something. I don't know. Yeah, um, but uh, yeah, that's great. Well, and yeah, I guess that kind of alludes to like some of your you know hobbies and stuff like that and. Um, 
you know, in terms of still having like music be, you know, having an important role in your life and uh, hiking and being interested in nature and those sort of things. So um, I guess anything with like those sort of hobbies and how they've kind of contributed to your life or um, I guess if, if, if it's sort of, Bleeding into also just like the stuff that you um, have been consuming specifically on any of those topics that you want to recommend. But um, certainly if there's anything that comes to mind of like um, how the hobbies that you have have positively contributed yeah. to your life. Yeah. So part of part of the thing that I've I've always kind of been conscious of is, you know, whatever's going on in your life, you know, whatever hobby you have or whatever interest you have, like try to hold on to that and try to like kind of melt it in, meld it into the other parts of your life and maybe like other things emerge from that. So the project, you know, the, the, the learning project, the, the biochemistry learning project, it's kind of the real example of this. It's really very part of my personality. So all the different parts of my life are kind of getting kind of squished into this project. Um, you know, the music, uh, pedagogy stuff, you know, um, the, the idea of that, that more things are possible, the things that I learned about a long time ago, the other, uh, kind of, set of hobbies that I have is uh, art. So unfortunately, I don't do too much art anymore. But in grad school, I was um, learning uh, classical painting and sculpting. Uh, I guess it was sort of a procrastination uh, so that I could avoid uh, writing my thesis towards the end there. (laughs) So I was like, oh, uh, my thesis is almost uh, due. I better start learning, um, you know, painting like that. That's a good idea. So I um, so I, I really love painting and sculpting. I'm hoping to get back into it, especially now that we have our son. I want him to start, you know, we do Play-Doh sculptures, but I want him sure, to see, sure. I want to, him to see me doing it so that he wants to do it also. Um, and the other really great foundation for the, the learning project was actually came from art. And this is something that kind of got squished into the whole project. And that is this um, very realistic drawing technique that's um, designed by this um, art educator named Betty Edwards. So I talk about it in one of the videos on the website, um, but this had a, a really profound influence on me too. So her, her method is also about kind of taking a novice artist and giving them certain exercises, things to think about, and then they become you know so much better of a realistic um, artist. And it's kind of hard to believe some of the results she gets, but that... Um, that idea of, uh, you know, looking at the world and kind of really seeing what something is and being able to copy it and draw it and, and appreciate it. Um, that really is, is something that I love doing. I love realistic art. And I also love this idea of, you know, looking at science, looking at the world and trying to make sense of it and uh, try to do that in a really quick and, you know, rewarding way for myself and for other people. Um, because, you know, if you're, if you're doing a project, if you're doing something like this, you have to really, want to do it every minute like you you have to be rewarded for, for you know to to learn and to to develop it so if if you're you know being rewarded if if it's a great experience for you then that'll just carry over to other people so mm-hmm. um that's that's another big thing so i i actually maybe i'm inspired by this podcast to uh get back into my hobbies now that my <laughs> um you know i'm kind of getting a little bit more established as a professor and kind of um you know get get back into to art again that's one thing i hope to do next year yeah yeah absolutely well and like you said too i mean just having it kind of fit in like, I guess what I'm sort of hearing, like it kind of like fitting in with your life, like you're mentioning, like, oh, I'll probably, you know, get back into some art pieces <laughs> when like I can do it with my child because that would like fit yeah. in where it's not as if it's like, get away, like other responsibilities. I'm doing art now. It's like, <laughs> no, like doing it in a way that makes sense. Cause I could also imagine like people, cause I think it comes up um, for me with certain things with like content creation. I have certain knowledge, which 
working with other colleagues where, you know, who are in like marketing and stuff like that, I kind of have the vernacular. So it's like, yeah, this is sort of like, you know, how kind of a hobby of just like learning about, you know, website design and SEO or whatever. It's like, I just kind of have some basic understanding that helps me work with other people better. And then it's like, yeah, I know, you know, basics of art or how to help somebody, you know, develop, yeah. you know, sculpting or painting or whatever. So it's like, yeah, that's like just another option, you know, an opportunity for an activity with a child. So like that yes. kind of fits in naturally <laughs> or it was like, oh, I need to design a new logo for my like <laughs> teaching that, you know, like for your website, it's like, oh yeah. I mean, I know how to like draw something up to like maybe give to somebody to make whatever, but it's, yeah, I just like that idea of like the fluidity of things integrating naturally, but then also that, um, and, and, and the same sense, I guess, of kind of fluidity. And it's definitely how my brain works now. And just now with like, the wealth of knowledge about anything that you can choose to pursue like on uh, the internet is that anymore it's less about like, well, I have to come up with a completely new way to teach something because like, you know, I'm deciding to teach. So I have to like come up with my own way. It's like with anything really, it's like, I think about connecting the dots and kind of taking inspiration from a lot of things that are already out there. And then you can kind of create something Mm. unique by, you know, kind of mashing things together or, you know, just kind of, uh, finding how it fits in for you as well. But, um, yeah, just, I, I just appreciate that sentiment. I think that I was kind of hearing from you is that you, uh, definitely take the best from what you've been able to observe for, for other people or, you know, um, yeah, just like integrate things in fluidly to, uh, how you do your work. So, uh, yeah. And the, really the unique thing, you know, the unique, uh, history of every person, you know, creates, their personality, but it, it creates what they are capable of doing. And it's great to try to draw on those, everyone's unique histories to come up with something that's like creative and new. And every, everyone can do that, I think. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's kind of just like good, like advice if you're trying to like refresh the work that you're doing or pursuing mm-hmm. something new, it's like, you know, yeah, taking inspiration from others, finding how it might fit in well for you uh, personally and not feeling as though it's like, well, I got to kind of grit and kind of push through friction and like whatever to just like figure it out on my own. Um, yeah, just in, in any number of aspects and any number of ways you can uh, learn a lot from others and take inspiration, but also find a way to make it, you know, uniquely your own as well. So, um, mm-hmm. so I guess in that, in that spirit, like, is there anything that you are reading, watching, and or listening to in, in any of the time that it, you may have, I guess, um, anything that you'd want to make sure to kind of name drop so we can include in the show notes things that are, um, you know, have been helpful to you or maybe just like, again, kind of like classics for you, like all-time favorite things that you kind of geek out about, anything that comes to mind? Sure. Uh, again, with the uh, experiencing uh, things again with with, uh, with our son, um, if people haven't seen this already, they should check out the original Cosmos series by Carl Sagan. So, are you from, have you uh, seen this when you were younger? Or have, I have did you... not. I, I know of it, okay. but I've never seen it myself. So, this is, I think, the finest work of scientific communication ever written. Um, Carl Sagan is a uh, he was a Cornell um, astrophysicist, astrobiologist. He was involved with the Voyager mission. And, um, you know, back in the late 70s, he and his wife, Andrian and others wrote this uh, wonderful PBS, uh, uh, you know, um, documentary uh, about everything, really, about the cosmos, about um, chemistry, uh, evolution, biology, um, the history of science, uh, you know, civilization. And uh, it's on YouTube. We, we own the, the, the DVDs and everything. But this is something that I'm ex- experiencing again with, um, with my son. And actually, I, I always wanted to give this uh, experience to my, um, you know, whatever children I had, because it's, 
it's a way to connect with the world in a, in, in a, a manner that I, I just don't see happening any other way. And it has such a formative uh, meaning for me as well. When I was a kid, I, you know, I remember some of the scenes from this, you know, vividly as a, like a little kid watching this with my dad. So, um, if you haven't seen this, if you want to see some of the, the, the most wonderful poetic communication about science and really about anything, um, it holds up really well, even though it's, it's, it's pretty, uh, um, you know, it's, it's, it's been a while since it was, it was right, out, right. but I'd really recommend watching it. Even it's like, it's like a classic, uh, classic thing, but I don't think anyone's ever done, done better. Uh, it's a way of making people really want to, to know science and to realize that science is really, it's not just about solving problems and curing things. It's really about almost like a spiritual connection with the, your surroundings. And that's something that, you know, school curriculum. I don't know if there's a standard for that. Like, do you feel spiritually connected to your surroundings as a re- mm. as a result of the science class? But that's what this that's what this does. And I I try to emulate that. You know, he's such a genius um, in the way the way he did it. But um, you know, I'm trying to to do that in, in what I do. So I would recommend doing that. That's a simple recommendation. A, a nice classic of um, scientific you know popularization of science. That's what I would recommend. Mm. Yeah, and it's good that it's available. Um just widely, you know, on YouTube, just to have that there. But um, yeah, so yeah, we'll link out to that for sure. Um, but then uh, I guess definitely in a similar uh, sort of uh, uh, sort of sentiment as the cosmos and this sort of like very <laughs> like optimistic kind of spiritual connection and all that kind of good stuff that I love. Um, ending the episode on the optimistic note that I like to wrap things up on. Um, what is something or things that you're looking forward to in your job, life and or the world? So any of those categories or all of them, just anything that you're looking forward to? Yeah, sure. Um, few things there. So, you know, when I'm teaching my, uh, any, any of my, my science classes, I always tell my students that this is an amazing time to be studying science because we're answering the questions that, you know, people have been wondering about for thousands, million, you know, for thousands of years, people have wanted to know, you know, how does the body work at this like, you know, atomic level, mm-hmm. um, things about, you know, uh, astronomy we're figuring out, things that uh, we never thought we would know. So I'm just really excited, you know, every year, you know, new new things coming out. Um, when I design my, my lessons, I'm using data that's coming out maybe like a year or two before. And I tell the students like, you know, we didn't know this stuff before, um, you know, and, and it's just amazing to you know, realize that we're, we're, we're living in this time when things are becoming knowable. So I'm, I'm looking forward to science, I guess. Um, the other thing I'm looking forward to is kind of trying to get the, this crazy project that I developed, trying to get this more out into the world. So there's all kinds of cool, um, developments with it that are going to happen this year. Hopefully, you know, more, more schools will hopefully, um, get interested. And we have actually a lot of interest from homeschool parents on it. Um, so I'm just really looking forward to sharing this, you know, kind of giant project that I created, having more people experiencing and, and, ha- and having it spread. Um, you know, when you create something that's kind of new, it's, it's a little bit controversial and not everyone believes you right away. So I think now it's starting to catch on where we have enough people that are doing it, where it's, it's really going to start to, you know, snowball a little bit. So I'm really, really excited about the coming, coming year. Um, for the biochemistry uh, literacy project, um, seeing you know seeing seeing more kids get the knowledge, get the learning that I that I wanted to have myself as a kid. So it's just really cool for me to see, you know, little kids learning so quickly what took me, you know, years and years and years of, of figuring out to do. So that's really uh, an amazing thing that I've started to experience this year. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome, and yeah, I look forward to uh, seeing how that progresses for you. And uh, uh, so. 
glad that I could just share out, you know, the good work that you're doing and learn a little bit more about your background and, um, appreciate you making time for the show. So yeah, we'll, uh, link out ways to check out the work that you're doing and connect with you down in the show notes and everything else that we, uh, mentioned here. But yeah, again, just thank you so much for, for hanging out and chatting and uh, sharing all that you did. Yeah, no, thank you. It was such a privilege and, uh, it's really great to talk to you and I love the podcast as well. This podcast is part of the Connect EDU podcast network, bringing together diverse voices in the higher ed community. Check us out on Twitter at ConnectEDUPod or at ConnectEDU.network. Thanks for listening to this episode of the podcast. Make sure to rate, review, and subscribe so you never miss an episode. Thanks again for listening, and we'll see you in the next episode of the Higher Ed Geek Podcast.